What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Callaway Sports Podcast is back, and I'm your host, Kendall Callaway, once again, man. I want to thank y'all for tuning in with me. First off, uh, I want to say happy Juneteenth. It was Juneteenth yesterday, so happy Juneteenth to everybody out there. And most importantly, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Today is Father's Day, uh, so I want to give a special happy Father's Day to, of course, my dad, Corwin Callaway. Uh, thank you, and I love you for everything that you've done for me and my brothers. Um, happy Father's Day to my grandfathers, David Henry Callaway, Willie Mack Callaway. Y'all have also been there for us, man, and uh, I can't thank y'all enough. Happy Father's Day to my uncles, my brothers, Kelsey Hayes, and my Uncle June Bub, uh, my Uncle Tony, my Uncle Marcel. I mean, the list goes on and on, my cousins. All the fathers out there, man, happy Father's Day to y'all, man. And also, happy Father's Day uh, to the women who are taking that role um, to be more than just a mother, you know, taking that role to be both parents for the absent fathers, whatever the case may be. Happy Father's Day to y'all as well. We got a great episode. We got a great podcast set up for y'all today, man. Uh, Jamal Charlo defending his WBC middleweight title last night in an action-packed fight. We're going to cover that. We're going to preview Javante Tank Davis and his title fight at 140 pounds against Mario Barrios. We will cover, of course, the NBA once again and a special spotlight athlete of our very own Dallas native, Shakir Richardson. So, y'all stay tuned, man. We got a good, good episode. And as usual, I'm going to let this instrument run. Big Daddy Kane, warm it up. Alright man, let's get right into it as usual. Jamal Charlo defended that middleweight strap for the fourth time against Juan Montiel, who was unknown coming into this fight. But in my opinion, man, he's known now. Um Jamal did get the W in an action-packed fight, one through twelve. Man, it was a great fight, man. Um uh, what more can I say? Ma came out um explosive as he usually does, landing that strong jab. Um, was landing some very, very good shots. Montiel was taking the shots, you know, telling Ma, you know, come on, come on. Uh, about round four and five, I could tell that those shots were starting to really uh, get to one. But also, he was, you know, landing his own good shots, you know what I'm saying, here and there. Slip, um, he was very awkward, very awkward, but he was very technical at the same time. Um, he was switched southpaw, but then squared himself off. And what kind of uh, throw punches from some odd, some very odd angles. Uh, but he was able to weather the storm that Ma put on. Uh, Ma was able to hurt him in the fifth and the sixth. But I felt that Ma kind of punched himself out. He, uh, and, and that kind of cost, uh, you know, cost him late in the fight because Montiel was able to take his punch and, and, and take his pop then. And... Uh, he did a very good job of just weathering the storm, and so did Jamal, man, for him to, you know, be kind of gassed and to, you know, slow down some. He was able to stay composed and continue to win every round, continue to win every round, and um, it was a great fight, man. Um, a lot of criticism always has gone Jamal and Jamal's way. 
Um, but these last few, last three fights for him, there's not much that you can say about Jamal Charlo that's bad, you know, in my opinion. I've always been a fan of him. Uh, I felt like the only knock towards the Charlo brothers was that they weren't getting, you know, the big names, especially Ma, who had been, you know, calling out the Canelos and the Triple Gs and Danny Jacobs. And, you know, he wasn't getting those fights. But now, you know, he got um, Derek Vinchenko on his uh, record. Um, he's got now Juan Montiel, who showed everybody that, hey, I belong here. You know, I really belong here because even, you know, sometimes a loss isn't a bad thing. And in this case, a loss isn't a bad thing for Juan Montiel because his stock just rose, in my opinion. And I, and I feel that he's going to be um, a mainstay at... 160, but back to Jamal Charlo. With the fights that he's had and the performances that he's put on, um, he's doing the best he can to, you know, put on fights like this. And there's no knock towards Jamal Charlo. And I hope soon, maybe in a later uh in the latter half of um this year, he gets another solid fight against a triple G or something like that. Or, you know, maybe in early 2022. Uh but most importantly, I'm proud of the performance that he put on, man. Um, he fought well. He showed grit. He showed toughness. He was able. He showed a very, very solid chin as well because Montiel can crack. All 22 of his victories have been by knockout, and he was hitting Maul with some very, very good left hands and some good body shots. Maul stood in there. He took it. He went the storm as well. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch the fight, there will be on course on Showtime. Watch that fight, man. It was a very, very entertaining fight. And, my, and, and I take my hats off to both competitors, Juan Montiel and Jamal Charlo, for a very, very exciting fight. But um, moving on, man, moving on. Um, like I said, man, we're going to preview this uh, Tank Davis and Mario Barrios fight. And uh, I'm very excited for this one as well. Um, just due to the fact that Tank is, 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 is taking a big risk. You know, this is one of those fights where it's a, you know, high risk, high reward type of fight. And uh, in boxing, you know, we need we need more of those uh, with all the politics that um, has ha has come in boxing. We don't really get to see those, you know, best versus the best fights as often. Um, but in this, you know, what I'm saying in this situation, this is a top lightweight taking on uh, a top uh, a top featherweight in a way. You know, Tank is Tank is moving up two weight classes to to fight Mario Barrios, who's a who's a long-rangy, lightweight, you know, uh, who's got some pop on him. So, uh, going to this fight, we all know that Javante Tank Davis is 24-0. He has 23 knockouts. Uh, Mario Barrios is 26-0. He has 17 knockouts, and he holds a title at the 140-pound weight division. I believe it's the WBA. Um, one thing that Tank brings into this fight that we all know is power. But what people miss about Tank when you really watch Tank fight uh, and the progression that he's made over the last three to four fights is that the kid can not only crack, he can box. You know what I'm saying? Tank is a very, very solid boxer. And uh, not only does he bring power, he brings the ability to box. He brings the ability to be fast, be quick, and um, to stay sharp is, is the main thing I want Tank to do in this fight. Not get reckless, but stay sharp. You know, the big question is, you know, um, the last time he moved up, it took him uh, 12 rounds to finish off um, 
Yuriokis Gamboa, who had a busted up heel, who tore his Achilles early in that fight. So uh, it was just a question of, you know, how did Tank, um, you know, really did his power translate to that, you know, to that weight class like we thought that, you know, it would. So that's a big question. You know, even if the power doesn't translate over to, you know, what we've seen in the past, like in his last fight, the, you know, the knockout over Leo um, and the knockouts that he's had in the past that have been, you know, out cold knockouts with guys just crumbling to his power. The main thing for Tank in this fight is to just stay sharp, um, be able to close the distance and land the left. Um, as long as Tank can land those power shots that can get the respect of Mario and maybe hurt him, you know, I, you know, honestly, I feel Tank is in good hands because um, Mario Barrios is a warrior. Um, he is a tough guy, but sometimes he takes a few punches to give some, and you don't want to take too many of those punches from Tank. Uh, I said the same thing for Leo's fight way back in October of last year. Leo was, you know, I told everybody Leo is, was very tough. He has a very high output, but he takes a few punches to give you some. And um, we knew that Tank had that big left hand, that big right hand, and we seen what happened in the sixth round. So somewhat of the same thing with Mario Barrios. Only difference is, um, and I told my brother maybe about two weeks ago, that Mario Barrios is just a bigger, stronger Leo Santa Cruz with more pop on his punches. And uh, with him being 26 and over 17 knockouts, he's long, he's ranging, he's powerful as well. He brings that power, he brings that pop to the fight. And um, my keys for Mario Barrios will be to avoid an inside fight, especially with Tank, who can, who's, Tank is showing he can stop guys to the body. Um, he lands a very good left straight to the body and follows up with a right hook to the body very, very well. He'll step to the right and land that hard right hook to the body. So avoid the inside fight and land combinations. You know, um, be long. Keep Tanker on the end of your punches if you can. Uh, but really, you know, don't take two to three big shots from Tank. Don't do that. You know, that's 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 not the best thing to do. Um, if he can just uh, keep Tank at the end of his punches, land the combinations, you know, he can he can pretty much cruise either to a um a decision win or who's to say that his combos and his pop won't uh slow tank down and hurt tank. But that fight is coming up next. That fight is this Saturday. Today is Sunday. That fight is this Saturday. It'll be on Showtime pay-per-view. Javante Tank Davis versus Mario Barrios for the WBA lightweight strap. Um coming up next, man, we got an NBA uh segment, man. We're going to be discussing who's left in the um, playoffs, man. It's been a very, very, very entertaining playoffs. Um, I'm hoping that everybody has stayed tuned. It's been uh, up and down playoffs. It's been a crazy playoffs. But uh, I'm just glad that we got fans in these arenas. We get to, you know, see fans just, just alive. So the NBA segment is coming up next, man. How long will CP3 and Kawhi be out? Game one is today. Game seven, who will advance to the Eastern Conference Finals? Hawks or 76ers? Stay tuned.
So here in these NBA playoffs, man, we've seen some of our favorite stars either go down or we've seen some of our favorite stars and team get eliminated. For me, it was seeing the Los Angeles Lakers fall to the Phoenix Suns. You know, things happened. The Suns were clearly the better team. Um, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for LeBron and the Lakers or Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. They ran into better teams. Of course, um, there are facts to throw in as well. One of the main things I noticed about Miami was that um, Miami seemed to run out of gas way before the playoffs even started. Maybe a week or two before the playoffs started. I'm like, man, these guys look sluggish. A lot of guys were sitting out. Some guys wasn't playing the minutes that they were uh, playing at first. Um, and, of course, that is to the fact that they had the shortest break of all the other teams, the Heat and the Lakers. Uh, LeBron and those guys had injuries to deal with. And not to mention, I mean, they just ran up against a better team. I mean, Phoenix could do it all. You know, they really just didn't have a solution for Devin Booker. Uh, even with Chris Paul being compromised with the shoulder, once he started to get back in his groove, uh, there was no stopping him. Uh, DeAndre Aiden was very, very efficient, so I feel like that's how that uh, series were, was supposed to play out. You know, Anthony Davis got hurt and things of that nature. You know, we could sit up here and, you know, argue back and forth about, oh, well, if AD, you know, would have played, you know, they would have did this. It is what it is. Phoenix is a, was a better team, and that's why Phoenix is in the conference finals right now. But the big question is, how will, how long will CP3 and Kawhi be out? CP3 is out on COVID protocol, which I completely disagree with due to the fact that my guy LeBron James was at a party, uh, I, I believe it was before the play-in game against Golden State. Um, LeBron didn't sit out not one game. Uh, didn't get fined or anything like that. I believe. Uh, I don't believe, but I just don't understand a guy like Chris Paul who's been playing absolutely amazing, and he gets stuck on these COVID protocols and now he's missing game one. I just don't understand that uh, at all. I feel like they should get Chris Paul right back in there as soon as possible. Um, it's it. At, I mean, that really just irks me the fact that he's not playing. Um, when we look at Chris Paul's career. When it comes down to the playoffs, if he, you know, it was always Chris gets hurt and, you know, key situation or key games or something like that, uh, or something like that happens. We, you know, I believe that the same thing was about to happen in the first round series against the Lakers with his shoulder. He stayed tough. He pushed through it. He got through it. And um, they got through L.A. They got through Denver. They whooped Denver. They waxed Denver, and then, boom, COVID protocols. Come on, man. And then, I mean, for Kawhi and the Clippers, we've seen Kawhi just be Kawhi ever since, I believe, about game four of the Dallas series. I mean, he just pushed forward. Kawhi looked great game six. And 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 in game five, man, Kawhi just looked absolutely amazing those last three games against uh, Dallas. Uh, he looked good in the uh, Utah series, even when they were down 0-2. Um, but then... What was that, game five, I believe? Yeah, game five, I believe that he got hurt uh, after having a very, very a very good game again. Um, they know that it's the knee. The only tough thing to deal with is that they believe that not only is it the knee, it may be just like an ACL injury. So I'm hoping that it's not too severe. Uh, he did, You know, Kawhi is not traveling with the team uh, to the trip to Phoenix. Uh, so it's likely he'll be at game one and two. And 
I'm just hoping a speedy, speedy recovery for um, Kawhi, man. You know, it, it's, it won't be a very interesting series without him and uh, CP3. So I'm hoping that those guys get back soon. But um, the Bucks win in a Game 7 thriller against the heavily favored Brooklyn Nets. Of course, they were without Kyrie Irving for the last two games. Uh, but they still had Kevin Durant and they still had James Harden. And those guys uh, were able to... Uh, Really played good basketball as well. Um, KD was just amazing, you know, all series long. We know James had got hurt. James was able to come back and 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 do what he can and do his job. But I'm more impressed by uh, the Milwaukee Bucks by the way that they finished Game Seven, because in a way I felt like the momentum was going uh, Brooklyn's way going into like those last two minutes in the fourth quarter and going into overtime. Um, I felt like it was going their way, and I felt like Brooklyn may close it out. But um, Giannis and Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they came, you know, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton struggled early. Uh, Chris got going a little bit earlier than Drew did. Drew hit some big shots in the fourth quarter, played some good defense on KD at the end. Uh, and, man, I mean, it was a back-and-forth game. We seen the stars duel. We seen KD versus Giannis. It was just an all around great game. I was sitting in the living room watching the game with my brother, and uh, I'm just like, wow. I mean, it's just it's some good basketball, and it was a great game seven. You know, all those lead changes, um, trading threes, but um, it just shows that the trade for Drew Holiday did work out, even with him having. A bad game throughout the entire series. You know, he was very effective on on both ends of the court. So, um, and not only that, it just shows the resiliency and the, 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 it, it shows that Milwaukee is resilient and it shows that they're now battle tested off of from last year losing and a year before that, you know, losing. You know, like I said, on the boxing side of things, not every loss is a bad thing because you not only lose, but you learn. You know, more importantly, you learn from it. And I think as a coach, Mike Budenholzer and um, that Bucks team has learned from those losses against Miami last year. They've learned from those losses against Toronto two years ago, you know. And uh, it showed in this series uh, just by the way that they played, you know. Um so, shout out to the Bucks. They are now in the Eastern Conference Finals, awaiting the winner out of um, Philly and Atlanta. Ice trade versus the process. We're going to get into that next, too. But um, first, Pandemic P, no more. Man, Paul George has been playing on an unbelievable level. I mean, this is what we wanted from Paul George. Uh, game one, you know what I'm saying? Not in the first round series against Dallas, you know, he was in between. He was having good, you know what I'm saying? Good scoring games. But still, he wasn't shooting the best. Um, but, man, the kid has just this Utah series. Pandemic P, Paul George showed us that, hey, I can be playoff P as well. You know, this is a this is the Paul George that we've been waiting to see. Um, and especially with Kawhi going down, everybody knew that Paul George had to step up in game six, and he did it. He did it from game one to game six. Paul George played on a high level. Paul George played on an elite level. He showed that, hey, I've learned from my mistakes as well, and I can also be in a position to be not just a number two, but a number one guy. You know what I'm saying? When when our number one guy goes down, 
put me in that put me in that situation and I and I'll do that. But now he also has to show us this in this um Phoenix series as well because there is no there is no Kawhi. There is no Chris Paul on the other side. So it's more uh it, it, it's more going to be a Devin Booker versus Paul George type of thing. So Devin Booker has had his way with the Clippers since last year in the bubble, man. So uh we'll see how game 1's going to play out, you know what I'm saying? Play out today. But man, more important, I'm just truly 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 excited for what's to come. Um I'm 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 proud of the way the PG played. Uh, you know, I'm proud that, you know, he was able to silence, um, critics, you know, um, so game one, y'all tune in today. Um, also Kimball to OKC, man, Boston shipped off Kimball Walker, which we figured that that would happen when the, uh, talks about both parties want to, you know, um, go their separate ways. I just felt like, you know, Kimball didn't do what I expected him to do in Boston. Um, don't know what what happened in between. Uh, but I I expected a little bit more from uh, Kimba and uh, Boston. Maybe just things just didn't mesh the way that, you know, both parties expect them to. But, uh, man, Sam Presti and OKC in his front office, I mean, he's just racking up on on um, draft picks. He gets a solid point guard if he wants to keep him there. I You know, I feel that he should. Um Really, with next year or two, you got shy. You got uh, where they ship Moses Brown off. Uh, you got free agency, you know, coming up in this offseason. I'm not sure what that cap room looks like. I have to look into that. But you get a solid backcourt with Kimba and Shy. You know, uh, I believe that they can work well together. But, you know, I'm also hearing rumors that, you know, Kimba may be going somewhere else as well. You know, he may get, you know, sent somewhere else. Uh, you know, other teams may be interested in uh, But all in all, What's final right now is that Kimba is an Oklahoma City Thunder. I believe uh, Boston traded Kimba a few and a few draft picks. I believe they got maybe a draft pick back, but they got Moses Brown and I believe they got Al Horford as well. Uh, in my opinion, OKC won that trade. They've won a lot of trades as of late, and um, interesting to see how the next month or two goes. If Kimba's gonna be uh, a Thunder uh, when the season starts. Uh, coming next season also uh, if you didn't know the nba season will go back to its original schedule next season so they will be starting in october 82 game season can't wait for it uh 76 on the hawks game seven is today um let me know in the comments below when i post this uh and i share it on instagram and facebook and twitter and all this stuff who y'all taking for game seven me personally i believe that um ice tray and the Atlanta hawks will get it done tonight um, due to the fact that Embiid has played well, um, Seth Curry has played. I mean, he's been balling. I've been a fan of Seth Curry since he was at Duke, but I just don't see enough heart from the other guys on that team uh, that need to step up big. You know, uh, Ben Simmons being one of them. You know, he's six ten. We know you can't shoot, but I mean, eleven points. It's not enough, especially in a in in a in a back and forth series like this when your running mate is going for 35 he's going for 33 you know at times you know i've seen mb i'm like man you know you're playing soft it's the lack of heart from these guys that you know i just don't like to see i believe that was game five where mb was like oh for eight or oh for 11 in the second half and you know missed uh 
a clutch layup. I mean, come on, man. You know, it's it's from me, from the outside looking in, and I may be wrong, but I've watched basketball for a long time, and I just see a lack of heart, you know, coming from, you know, some of the guys in the 16, Ben Simmons being one of them. So uh, his numbers look well, but not for a playoff series of this caliber that's, that's gone back and forth, 11, 8, and 7. Yeah, but we need 17, 7, and 7, something like that. You need to – you're supposed to be the – you're supposed to be the running mate to Joel Embiid. You're supposed to be his, you know, you're supposed to be the sixth or second guy. And right now, the second guy looks to be a Seth Curry or Tobias Harris. They're doing their job for you. You need to step up. It's game seven. Ben Simmons got to come through the night if the Sixers want to move on. If not, hey, uh, one thing's for sure. They're, the, the Sixers organization is not looking very smart for not uh, shipping Ben Simmons out for a James Harden, you know. That's a trade that I feel like they should have made. And I like Ben Simmons. I like his game. But this season, I just haven't seen the best from Ben Simmons. Um, and uh, I believe that the Sixers, if they lose if they lose today, they may want to look into, you know, um, seeing what offers they can get for a Ben Simmons. Because, in my opinion, it's just, it, 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 it's just not working out. You know, this is about two or three years where, you know, both guys have been healthy and they they just follow, you know what I'm saying? They, they've been falling short. So I would look to see if you can, you know, get us uh, another second start to build around um, Joel Embiid, man. Uh, so we'll see, man. Game seven is today. Hawks, 76ers. I'm taking the ice tray in the Atlanta Hawks for the win, man. Uh, and also game one of the Western Conference Finals. Clippers, Suns, no Kawhi, no CP3, but we got Book, we got Aiden, we got PG, and we got that young bull, Terrence Mann. Stay tuned, man. Coming up, spotlight athlete, our Olympian from Dallas, Texas, Shakira Richardson. Coming up. Man, let's get into it, bro. Shakira Richardson is that girl, as she said in the interview after one of her races yesterday. Man, I've been uh, paying close attention to her races uh, within these last two years, honestly, uh, and especially you know within the last week or two. I remember um, having a conversation with her. Uh, I believe in 2019, I asked her, you know, if she was shooting for um, the 2020. Olympics in Tokyo, of course, COVID happened and, you know, we're having it now. But she said, uh, she told me, oh, most definitely, I'll be there. And uh, me personally, you know, I always knew that she'll, that she'll get there, you know. I mean, the girl is just on a different level. And, and, and she's done nothing but get better and better and better uh, since. Uh, I'll never forget it, man. My, my mom went to the uh, Texas Relays in 2017, no, 2016. When my school with my Hutchins, uh, and those guys and Marcus Ac, Lewis Gibson, and those guys had won, but she was she she came back. She told me, "Hey, this girl from Carter is rolling," and everybody came back from school and they was talking about us. I'm like, "Man, who? You know what I'm saying? Who is this girl? Who is Shakira Richardson?" And and I took it upon myself to get educated with her because I mean, you know what I'm saying? She from Dallas, Texas, and 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 she's putting on for the city, man. I support anybody that's putting on for the city. 
uh, and it's, you know, following their dreams. And she is one of them, man. She is a certified official Olympian. Now, she is going to the Olympics. These were the Olympic trials, and she is an Olympian now. So, man, put some respect on her name, man. Just like she said, man, she is that girl. And uh, what I've seen from her, um, I'm not a very, you know, I'm not very knowledgeable in track, but, you know, I know track good enough to know that, I mean, she gets better every race. And, I mean, it seems like she's not slowing down, but, you know, she ran a 10.64 in uh, one of the 100 meters uh, in the Olympic trials, I believe she ran like a 10.87 uh, in the final against, uh, I think she was running into the win. I mean, it just from my understanding, like I know how I am running against the wind, and I'm not the fastest person. I got some, you know, solid speed for my size, uh, but running into wind is very tough. And I mean, just the way that she runs, and you know, the way her technique, her top end speed, hitting 24 miles per hour is is her technique is on a different level, and so is she, man. Uh, she right now is blazing her own trail. Different hair colors, long nails, tattoos, and you know what I'm saying? She's just blazing past other females and races, man. She's blazing her own trail. She's representing the Triple D, man. So, shout out to Shakira Richardson. We will, you know what I'm saying? The whole the whole city is watching, man. The whole city is watching. I see more people post about her more and more. And, uh, man, we are fully, fully behind you, man. Put the city on your back. Go to the Olympics, show out in Tokyo, bring home that gold, because I know she can, and I know she will, man. Shout out to Shakira Richardson once again, man. Uh, shout out to everybody that has tuned in to my podcast. Shout out to Latrez Ford, man. Uh, that's my big brother. Happy Father's Day to you, man. Uh, he hit me up, asked me when the next podcast was coming. I was already putting in work for it, man. So, you know what I'm saying? This, this episode is special for you, because I had a topic in there that I know that you want to hear about. I threw it in there, man, and I'm going to talk with you about that for sure. Um, but like I said, man, shout out to Shakira Richardson. Shout out to Jamal Charlo. Shout out to all the fathers out there. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day once again, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is Kim Callaway. This has been Callaway Sports, and I'm out.